You're listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. and welcome to another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee at Acumen Law and with me, my co-host, Paul Doroshenko. Kyla, it's so nice to talk to you. Well, I'm glad that you think that. I miss you when you're away. Yeah, I'm very tired. It's been a long drive. It was my first time driving on the Coquihalla since it washed out. I think we had a bet a long time ago and you still have to pay up on the bet that uh, I said that it would be back functioning to some extent last Christmas. And you said it would probably be around this time this year. What did we bet? Back in November. But what did we bet? What did we bet? I don't know. Probably a Coke, maybe 10 bucks. A Coke. I've bought you multiple flats of Coke. Yeah, but not not for the bet. You haven't acknowledged that I was correct. The other day, you'd like to glee, glee in recognizing that I was wrong about something. I filmed you while you admitted that you were wrong when you said you took the files out of my drawer before you wrapped up my drawer. True. In preparation. It was a mistake. I was wrong. I thought about it. And then I remembered my thought process and I was wrong. Look, my memory is not perfect. I'm not infallible, but when I predict the future, I'm pretty good. Yeah. So you got to drive the highway. How was it? Um, well, I don't like driving really. I know that's a ridiculous thing to say on the driving law podcast that I don't like to drive, but I don't really enjoy driving on my own. Mm. Well, maybe, and you prefer to be a passenger. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, if I go on a road trip, I'm fine to do some of the driving, but I don't like doing all the driving by myself. There's no one to talk to. There's nothing, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody came on my shuffle. And you sang it alone. It's no fun to sing it alone. Huh. Do you ever sing any of your own songs? I yeah, You released another song this week. You released a song on Tuesday about a, something that takes place on Thursday. There was a reason for that. Okay. All right. Now, do you <laughs> sing your songs? Do you sing your songs alone in your vehicle? I sing my songs. Sometimes. My uh, producer, who was your producer on a number of your songs, told me once that, you know, once you release it, that's it. You're probably never going to redo it. So try and get get it the way you want it. And he told me, you're probably going to be able to sing it better, much better months from now when you keep practicing. And sure enough, you know, every song I've got that I listen to again, I drive in the car, I sing it, I get it really down. And it's like, that's the way I wanted it to be. Well, then maybe you should spend more time before you release your songs. Well, I think so. I mean, I know that's a problem. And I feel that I'm under some time pressure when I go in to record. You recorded something else last week. Yeah. Another song. Yeah. Song, yep, lots of new music coming at you. If you're a fan of my music, and if you're not a fan of my music, well, sucks to be you. I see you. You have no video for this new one, but it's you already got it on iTunes. Yep, it's on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. It's called Every Thursday. Um, feel free to listen. I don't know if my real bad guy song has made it to iTunes, I haven't checked in a little while. 
my my downloads were okay, but I didn't really promote it. I didn't promote it enough. Yeah. Previous songs I pushed more, you know, and when I release songs on our office YouTube channel, which I don't do anymore because I don't want to be uh, alleged to be connecting my strange music with criminal defense. Um, but when I did release them on our office YouTube channel, I mean, there were some songs that we had like 30,000 views on. Lawyer told me not to talk to you. We had like 35,000 views when we moved it. One of your songs is 71,000 views. Well, we were more popular then, I guess. Well, pre-pandemic, I don't know, more in the media, maybe. I don't know. You were. Anyway, always in the media, are here to listen to us talk about why we are not getting more views on our songs on YouTube. People are here to listen to us talk about driving law. Maybe we so, could do a song about driving law. Driving law, driving law. It's time for the podcast. Let's stay on topic. Driving law, driving law. Okay. Let's talk okay. about pirates. And I know you're thinking, okay, Carlo, but this is just another dumb internet stunt that we've done. Well, first of all, not pirates. only... Pirates. You're talking pirates. I'm talking pirates. But not only is our dumb internet stunt, um, not the only pirate-related dumb internet stunt out there, but it also relates to driving law. Why, you ask? Because there is currently a fight in British Columbia between a guy named Gary Smith out of Grand Forks, BC, and the um, ICBC for a bid uh, to wear a pirate hat in a driver's license photo. Yes. And uh, for him, it's a human rights issue. He says this is part of his religious headwear because he is the captain of his church. And uh, the Church of the Fi Flying Spaghetti Monster or, or the Pastafarian religion um, are they're required to wear either a pasta colander or a three-cornered hat known as a pirate's tricorn on their heads. Well, you know, I've been thinking of getting myself a new pirate's tricorn, and I am sympathetic to the Pastafarians. Um, You're sympathetic as, we, as you know. Pastafarians, because the whole Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is not a real religion. It was invented by atheists to try and make a point about the stupidity of religious accommodation. Well, no, about the stupidity of religion, I think, was the idea. But yes, religious accommodation is yet another thing, another part of it. I think yeah. this is making a mockery of, of it all, but but trying to point out that that um, a lot of the ceremony and stuff is, is really just, I mean, it's human created and by agreement. And the, the allowing people um, sort of these religious exemptions in lots of ways is strangely discriminatory of others, I think, is part of the idea. Headgear in your driver's license photo is not strangely discriminatory of others. No. No, I'm, I'm just, you know, you can think of examples. And of course, at the same time, you can also say that it's, uh, you know, in its own way, intolerant to to not accept that. But they, they have a point and I accept their, you know, freedom to make that point. But I want to know why he was permitted to get his marriage commissioner's license 
and his private investigator's license wearing his hat and couldn't get his driver's license when you can clearly see his face, right? It's not an issue of his face being obstructed. So yeah, where does ICB get off, ICBC get off? I mean, this is a registered society. It's registered as the church of the, of the flying spaghetti monster. All hail the spaghetti monster. If ICBC's rules for getting a driver's license state that your head must be visible in your driver's license photo, then them's the rules and driving is a privilege and not a right. But what about people whose heads are wrapped for various reasons, religions who don't want their, don't have their head exposed. You mean, if you're sick, you mean real religions? Well, see, there's the thing. Discrimination. All no, of you, other people who are not sympathetic to the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, think it's not a real religion. It's not a real religion. The whole point of the religion is to make fun of real religions. Yeah, but there's hundreds of thousands of adherents to it now. Yeah. But we, think our, we think our God, the Flying Spaghetti Monster, is as valid as any other. There's actual churches. This guy is like a captain of the church. No, no, no. This is um, as uh, the ICBC, um, Mario Bordage, the manager of driver licensing and oversight wrote in February to this guy. They do not recognize Mr. Smith as a member of a religious group that requires accommodation in the context of a service customarily available to the public under the Human Rights Code. Look, I feel oppressed. I feel oppressed. His complaint is, would be to go to the Human Rights Tribunal. And the Human Rights Tribunal, do you think that they're going to undermine the good work of the human rights legislation by recognizing some bogus religion? Look at this. Some sort of, you know, claim that one religion is better than the other. I'm not claiming that any so religion difficult. is better than the not other. Not a bogus religion. This is not know. a religion. Well, look, atheists are perpetually attacked, perpetually attacked by people who claim atheism's a religion. I mean, I don't think it's a religion. But if the atheists are going to call themselves the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, if they're perpetually under attack, I can tell you, atheists are a historically discriminated against group. We've felt discrimination in many respects throughout society. We've faced uh, historic circumstances where atheists were murdered that <laughs> i mean it's it's impermissible to be atheist in many parts of the world you, you you can't go to all sorts of areas of the world and be an atheist yeah here's the problem so Paul. we suffer discrimination long historic discrimination here's the problem though these people these these rights trolls they're not doing this because atheists have suffered discrimination. They're doing this because they want to make a mockery of the system. And in fact, the BC Human Rights Tribunal has already determined that this individual is not sincere in his religious belief. Well, that really comes down to the size of his hat. His hat's too small for his head. Have you looked at the photos? What does that have to do with whether he's sincere about his religious belief? he was sincere, he'd wear a bigger hat. Look, the BC Human Rights Tribunal decision 
March 2020, involving this guy and his uh, ridiculous religious headgear argument because he wanted to wear a colander. Um, they said, uh, you are a pastafarian and a member of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, which mocks religious beliefs and certain religious practices. Pastafarians wear colanders as, quote, religious headgear. While the protection against discrimination on the ground of religion in the Human Rights Code includes protecting the, the expression of non-belief and the refusal to participate in religious practice, the protection does not require accommodation of a practice satirizing religious practice in providing a service customarily available to the public. It would not further the purposes of the code to proceed with a complaint in these circumstances. So you can't say that this is about discrimination by ath against atheists because the Human Rights Code already protects against discrimination against atheists. Do you know what atheists don't have to do? Nothing in the atheist non-belief system, because y'all don't believe in anything, um, the, nothing in the atheist non-belief system requires you to put something on your head. Typical oppression. First, you say that we don't believe in anything. We believe in lots of things. We just believe in things that are proven by science. We don't operate well, on faith. Secondly, um, you know, this is just another example of the majority coming down hard on the minority. And again, it's always the religious majority coming down hard on the on the uh, minority of people who are atheists. How? You know, I don't I don't I don't think I should ever be judged by anybody at ICBC or anywhere else. I don't think I should in any official government capacity that I should be judged by somebody who thinks that a you know, believes on fate that a magical sky person is guiding things on the planet. Oh, but you want uh, you want to protect this guy's right for a magical sky spaghetti monster. Well, I also think it's an issue of freedom of expression and it's not blocking his face and it's not impeding his ability to be observed. It'd be one thing if he was blocking his face and we don't allow that even for religions. Right. If you're religious, you can't have religious headgear on. That's blocking your face for the purpose of your ID. That's not uh, a protected human right. That's a charter right. Yeah. I and just, uh, you know, to me, I look at this and I just see, you know, just intolerance towards towards the uh, the atheist community again. But you're right. You know, it's a protest. He's doing it as a protest. Look, find me a sincere believer in a flying spaghetti monster. And maybe the case would have some merit. Yeah, I'm never going to find one. No. None of us believe in it. The whole point is to make fun of other religions. Well, so you admit it in the end. You admit it. Well, of course. There of you course. go. But I mean, I, you know, we're doing it for a point. Those people are doing it for a point. They're, 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 they, it is a, a political expression and it is a characterizes religious expression. And the purpose of it is to highlight the fact that atheists have suffered uh, uh, entire history, human history of oppression. Um, you know, we, we have been oppressed in every society um, going back as long as you can possibly imagine in human history. And it's only now that there's a little bit of freedom, but we're still oppressed. You know, you're still viewed with a, you know, a, a, a side glance if you're, uh, if you're an outspoken or if you're a, um, you know, a, a public atheist. Okay, I want to move on to something that people should actually be outraged about. Okay, well, I, I know. I'm sorry. 
We're on Zoom and you can't see my face. Well, I would tell you that um, it's not not too much of a driving law issue. (laughs) And it's also I'm being devil's advocate because I don't feel as oppressed as I once did, although I do feel oppressed by it. Anyway, go ahead. What is oppressive is parking enforcement. Oh, absolutely. This case uh, recently is a good example of this. So this is a woman um, in Yaletown and she parked her car, but she didn't get out. She didn't pay for a ticket. Um, I'm sorry, he, not she, uh, a man in, <laughs> uh, in Yaletown. Didn't get, didn't get out, didn't pay for a ticket. He was just waiting for his friend. And along comes a city of Vancouver parking enforcement officer who tickets him for not having paid for parking while he's sitting in his car waiting to pick up his friend. No religious exemption. No religious exemption to parking. The flying spaghetti monster should address this. Um, But gets a parking ticket. And um, the... He was upset about it and he said this is ridiculous i'm not parked and he was under the impression that if he sat in the car he wouldn't have to pay for a ticket which ain't wrong no you you do still have to pay when you sit in your car you might drive away fast enough before the, the person spots you there the parking patrol yeah, I mean, the lesson here really is don't do it when you can see that there's a parking enforcement officer right there because yep. you're going to get caught and you're going to get a ticket. But but still, the absurdity of this, it, it's pennies worth of parking time to the city, but it's it's forty five dollars if the ticket is paid early for this guy and up to a hundred and $17 if he pays it after 30 days. People in Vancouver have become very passionate about parking lately. Um, and a lot of people have been issued tickets like this that they look at and they feel very unfair. And I think the ire is higher than it's been in my entire time that I've lived here. Uh, and, I, you know, I attribute a part of that to them getting rid of the tribunal. It's I mean, they, they eliminated court, right? You used to be able to take your traffic ticket like this and go to court and have your day in court. But it's not just that. I think it's also that the city of Vancouver does so much to separate people from their money, right? You want to get takeout food? You have to pay for a bag. You have to pay for a disposable cup. Um, that money's not going to the city. It's just profits. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not stopping climate change. It's just costing people, usually people who are, you know, short on resources and using using fast food options as, as sustenance. Do you, need a paper, do you need a paper bag? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's people you, who collect money off the street and they don't have food on kitchens. So they might make it by begging or collecting cans. They don't have a kitchen to go cook, so they go to the McDonald's on Maine. Yeah, and how do you get a pop? How do you get a pop? You have to pay five cents just for the cup. Thanks a lot, City of Vancouver. So there's that. There's the fees, uh, the the property taxes, with our disproportionate runaway housing market that the city has done 
nothing to do to to fix or quell. Well, they're motivated to produce more condo, condo, condo because it generates more tax revenue. But, you know, our tax rates are already awful damn high on property that is stupidly expensive to some extent because we're competing with people who have international incomes and they can afford to pay whatever they want, whatever they, whatever it costs for the house they want. Which brings me to the next thing that the city of Vancouver has done to separate people from their money while providing no benefit development that doesn't require you to live in it. That doesn't have adequate social or, or, um, you know, fairly priced rental accommodation. Meaning that I mean, it's a huge problem. But the parking is the issue that is sort of coming to a head. I was on Mike Smith's show a couple weeks The city also also got rid of all the free parking spaces. There used to be so many places you could park for free in Vancouver. Even on the street in Vancouver where our office is, you you used to be able to. Just months ago, you used to be able to park for free all over that neighborhood. And they eliminated it all. And replaced it with meter parking. Generating more revenue. Generating more revenue, separating people from the money they barely can keep anyway, because it's so freaking expensive to exist in the city. Well, they spent a whole lot of money on bike trails and the bike trails are lovely. Um, They spent a whole lot of money on things that are to make the city feel like it's a a uh, fairground or something like that, I guess, for tourists and people who are foreign buyers who come here basically to live here for a little while in their house on vacation. Uh, but that seems to be the trend all over the place. Um, you know, lots of cities doing that with their downtowns and things like that, uh, focused on making it a um, an experience. And the taxpayers are the ones who pay for it, I guess. Yeah. And you're parking. <laughs> And during COVID, remember the city managed to give free parking all over because I can't remember why, but they got rid of it. It was for the first three weeks because everybody was at home and nobody could go basically go to work and move their car. So when that original lockdown took place, which wasn't anything imposed, it was everybody getting together and realizing, okay, maybe we can stop, stop the transmission, stop it now by by not going out, they gave free parking and they, they didn't enforce parking rules unless it was on a uh, road where your car would be towed in certain hours to permit traffic. Yeah. So they've demonstrated that they don't actually need the parking revenue. Well, remember our mayor at the time said the city was going to have to declare bankruptcy and they wanted the federal government to bail them out. Yeah. And then they... How many million dollars to the VPD after the VPD complained and said they didn't get enough in the last budget? Well, their budget was cut and there was no plan to deal with that. And property crimes went up as we saw around our office. And, you know, maybe it was the police pouting and, and not enforcing the laws or not putting in the effort because they were trying to persuade people that that money had to go back to them. And maybe it was just legit that they just couldn't afford to pay for those people. I don't know. I just but think, they, but they have an employment issue too, right? You know, they've got a staff shortage and 
so does everywhere else right now as we're facing inflation uh you know and people switching jobs like ridiculous silly people um <laughs> in my view uh looking at their lives and thinking okay i just came through a pandemic maybe i don't want to continue with this job um the city is facing the same problem they're having trouble hiring police officers Yeah, I don't know. All I know is the city is a bunch of vultures when it comes to parking enforcement. And the, you will never, ever, ever get the will of the people by promoting more enforcement of parking rules. I cannot believe what we had to pay to get a building permit in the city of Vancouver. I can't believe it, it was almost felt like extortion. I can believe it because I paid it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And there you are. And my grocery. The joy of living in Vancouver. The year are ramen. Yeah, that's fine. You know, ramen ramen noodles are fairly healthy. The only problem is we're gonna have a we're gonna have a global food shortage. So you better stock up on ramen noodles. Exactly. Um, How are you gonna handle the famine? I'm gonna try and lose a few pounds. Um, Well, you know, I have all those years of practice at not eating, so I'll be fine. Don't do that. Anyway, famine jokes are not going to be funny in about eight months' time. Yeah. Where, what did I buy the other day? Oh, today. Today I went to Staples. I, I'm out of town for trial, and I forgot to bring legal-sized notepads. And I went to Staples to buy a five-pack of notepads. It was $25. Yeah. My mind we are. was blown. It was insane for paper. I'm in Williams Lake. There are trees here. I'm they, trying to, I, I pay the bills at the law office, right? <laughs> so I, I know, I can't believe the office supply costs. It's crushing. But Williams Lake, they've got the supply chain issue. <laughs> $5 for a, like a little notepad. Used to be able to get like a, a glorious bound book. <laughs> oh. $5. I know, 25 bucks used to buy you some really nice paper at Staples. Well, it was $8.99 it used to be for a uh, five-pack of legal pads, um, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I remember paying. So, yep, uh, over double the price. It's yeah. not going to end. It's going to keep going. The only oh, interesting thing is that property prices are have declined and are declining, so there's like a weird reset. Um, of course, you know, people's pay is going to have to have to be uh, raised to deal with the increased costs of living, which, is, you know, when we get into that cycle of inflation and who knows, anyway, I'm not an economist. I'm just a pessimist. Actually, I'm not a pessimist. We'll pull through this, Kyla. We'll pull through this with humor and laughter and a smile on our faces. Okay. But can we also pull through this with the ridiculous driver of the week? driver of the week absolutely we can you know we can this is actually not a ridiculous driver of the week but a follow-up on an earlier ridiculous driver of the week and it's a worthwhile follow-up it's one that i think people want to know about yeah so if you recall 
our one of our former ridiculous drivers of the week was a lovely woman who had um, uh, sued her insurance company for getting an STD in her car. Was it in her car or in somebody else's car? It might have been somebody else's car. I think it was the driver. I think the driver, the owner of the car, is the one from whom she contracted it. Anyway, and I feel like I have to eat my words because I'm reasonably certain at the time I said something like, what a ridiculous lawsuit. I can't believe that this would ever be filed, much less that this could ever succeed only in America or something along those lines. I think I predicted that it was going to succeed or that there was it was possible and I wasn't writing it off. No. No, you did not. Because it's the U.S. and, you know, it's an insurance company and everybody knows an insurance company is paying and it was probably some sort of jury trial. And they were looking for some way to compensate the person who was a victim. Well, she got compensated. uh, Uh, Yeah, she ended up getting a very large settlement. uh, $5.2 million. Wow. And Geico appealed. Oh, it's Geico, said, yeah. And and said, uh, no. And the Missouri Court of Appeal said, uh, yeah, 5.2 million. Wow. So, yeah. She well, did. there's lots of things that happen in cars that maybe you could um, link it back. What about if you've been sexually assaulted in a car? I mean, if you can sue on the basis of the fact that you got an STD in a consensual uh, sexual uh, act in the car. Um, what about times that you were a victim in the car that you were assaulted, sexually assaulted or otherwise? I mean, I mean, it really opens it up actually for car insurance companies to be, to be, um, you know, on the hook for huge, huge payouts for all sorts of things. Cause lots of things happen inside the car. That's the, uh, you know, that, that constitutes a tort. Yeah. This, this, sets a very interesting precedent. But of course, it's also in a state where, you know, they're looking at at sex outside of marriage in a uh, bedroom as being um, as being um, something that is wholly wrong to start with. Missouri? Missouri. I didn't know that. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're They're as bad as all the other southern states. Well, however, Regardless, this stands, it's gone to the Court of Appeal now and has been affirmed. Think about all of those other things that could happen in the car. And that's not that big of a stretch, really, is it? If the driver punches you. Yep. You know, it's driving the car. You're trapped in the car. The car's moving. You can't just stop and get out in an argument a lot of the time. So you're you're basically... Uh, unlawfully confined i've been unlawfully confined in a car um you're unlawfully confined in the car you demand that the person stops to let you out at that point and they don't you know you have a potential lawsuit uh they assault you at that point they take you somewhere you're not supposed to go it's the driver driving the car it's possible right i think there's there's uh, ICBC lawyers should be looking at that right now. Well, 
I mean, I'm going to go read my insurance policy very closely and see what type of crappy things happen to me in my car that I can get ICBC to pay for. Are you, though? No. No, didn't think so. Um, Anyway, that was uh, not a bad one. Uh, Interesting case. Uh, That's hilarious and uh, upsetting at the same time. Yeah. Somehow. Feels like the world is falling apart when you can sue for that and succeed. I am a big fan. Um, A big fan of what? Of that case? Of the world falling apart? Of the little Geico gecko? Of the case. I love Mm. the creativity and I love that they won. And I love that they won on the appeal too. And I love that Geico has to pay $5.4 million to a woman who's got HPV. There has got to be a lot of people, a lot of people who've contracted an STD in within the limitation period. Oh, for sure. And if you were an attorney, you think of some of that a lawyer in the states. You think of some of the advertisement that's there already. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of the ones, the ads from uh, of uh, uh, Saul Goodman. Um. And how we laughed about that every time. They just they're they're they, the the U.S. is a parody of itself. Yeah. Who's to say what's right and wrong in this workaday world, though, Kyla? I guess it's for our courts and for mm. you and me to debate when it comes to driving and the law on the Driving Law Podcast. Thanks, Kyla. Enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, that's our show. If you need to get in touch with us, you can find us online at VancouverCriminalLaw.com or give us a call at 604-685-8889 and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Driving Law. 